0: Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kosov out here in the East Coast, out West, Adam Stanko. Just two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. We will have a Going Ice To edition this week. Guest TBD, but you know there'll be stories that you'll be wanting to tell your buddies. Make sure you're subscribed, you're rating, reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You're subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure that you're sharing with your friends the Rejecting the Screed podcast hoops talk, unlike you'll find anywhere else. Coming up, we'll let you know what we're looking forward to this week, plus some details on the Dynamite project that we have coming up that you will not want to miss. But first, Adam, I'm having a difficult time every night. One, looking at my fantasy roster, but nobody (laughs) wants to hear about the fantasy team because there just aren't enough spots to just move guys down, move guys in. You just I mean unless you just open up rosters to the entire league and you have 35 man rosters, it's just impossible to thought a team every night. But the postponements as we record this on Monday afternoon Eastern time, there have been 14 postponements in the past 8 days. It's tough to get into a rhythm as a fan and take this Season seriously. Let's just take it for what it is. That the league's trying to stay afloat, the teams are trying to stay afloat, the players are trying to get the paychecks, and let's move on to next season.
1: We already had the shortened off season, right? We where players' association disagreement with the teams, and everyone sort of said, "Look, in order to make our money for this year, our TV money, we got to set a seventy. What was the minimum? No, a seventy game schedule was it? I know." That's what uh, I think. It's 72, but the but the benchmark was 70 games. I think. So then the idea is okay. So then so we have to put a schedule in place. We have to start the season. So truncated schedule. Boom. Let's go. Everybody finally gets on the same page. But just because you have your best laid plans, they don't always turn out that way. And sorry, as we've talked about in the past, and we talked about last week on the podcast. The rest of us are already dealing with this stuff. We know what it's like to have plans that you think could happen. Boom, they're canceled. There's things you expect to do in everyday life that you're unable to do. And now the same thing is happening with the league. There's just stuff that they're unable to do because of the reality that this virus um, is extremely infectious and you can't control it unless you absolutely control everything in the environment, which obviously happened with the bubble. Okay. All that being said, Noah, you look at the Suns now, missed just a handful of games in a row. What does that do for a team that looked like they were really starting to grow and have momentum with that core of Aiden, Booker, Kale Bridges, and of course, now Chris Paul. And And then you look, you know, a team like the Wizards that's trying to figure things out. And I look at this thing, and the one thing I will say, Noah, and I will point to, and where I think that no one has taken this seriously enough is because I think the Lakers haven't been impacted in a major way. I think if we had a situation which the Lakers who have the most nationally televised games this year right I think the number is like 16 of their games are mm-hmm. being nationally televised so almost a quarter of their season just if, in the first or, half of the season exactly exactly that we know of right if the Lakers were now to miss like three games straight or LeBron goes into concussion <laughs> protocol if LeBron goes into covid <laughs> protocol all of a sudden game changer That's where I think we would get a serious discussion about pausing play. And I think we'd get a serious discussion about what are we doing here? Do we have to stop the whole thing indefinitely?
0: See, I'm usually on that side of the, well, if it impacts LeBron, then that's when the league starts Mm -hmm. to shut down. But I'm not in this case because it's impacted Chris Paul so much already. And Chris Paul is the head of the union. So, you know, LeBron is already speaking with Chris Paul and, and seeing how this impacts him and and he knows that, look, we've got to just keep going. This, the season itself is in shambles, but I, I don't, I don't think, I think the league would be able to figure it out on the national TV side, whether it's replacing games, making up for games. I don't know exactly how they would do it, but they'd have to make up for them later on in the season or have to, Postpone that game early enough because you're not you're not traveling crews to games. You have I believe you have local broadcast technicians on site and camera crews on site. So you'd already have a camera crew there, and then maybe you would just switch the announcers. I mean, it that's a heavy lift on switching announcers day before. All right, hey, you guys aren't calling this game anymore. Now you're calling this game. That is that's difficult to handle from the broadcast side. And even
1: the production side, when you have so many things already set up, it's a great point. I think the difference in the two is that impacting the Lakers would mean it would impact the public pressure. And I think that's where we would see a general shift. I think you'd have sports radio shows now starting to talk about this. I think it would make bigger headlines on ESPN. I've almost been shocked Noah We've been talking about it each week and like, wow, I can't believe, I mean, what do you even discuss here with the amount of games misses? How do you even talk about another subject as it relates? How how are we all supposed to sort of pretend? And I think that's the big thing here is like, how are we all supposed to pretend that this is a normal season? Nothing about it feels normal. I know we wanted it to be. Last year, we were like, oh, it's the bubble. It's fun. It's It's glorified AU tournament. I always wanted to see neutral site games, yada, yada. This year, Though is an entirely different setup where it's like it looks like it's normal, but it's not, and it feels like it's a league, as one person described it to me, uh, like a league folding. You know, there's no fans at the games, and you know the excitement levels down, all that kind of stuff, and to just pretend that everything is normal. I I've been most shocked by outside of us how few people I'm hearing in the national media, like, what is going on here with this league? It's almost like a lot of them are are pretending. Or I don't know how you would describe it, but it just yeah. Feels I think they're weird. just.
0: I mean, I just think they're just going about their jobs, analyzing analyzing the game, and then you know I think Win and Tim Bontemps and Baxter Holmes on the on the ESPN side have done a really good job, and and Zach Lowe and and Woj, to an extent as well on just reporting on what is happening mm-hmm. behind no the doubt. scenes. But real quick on LA, like Los Angeles has been hit harder over the past few months in any other major city in the United States. So if it was going to hit the Lakers, would it have already hit the Lakers? Because look what they're at the center of. I don't know the science. I don't know the science behind that. I know we haven't heard anyone on the Lakers say, Hey, look at what is happening to our city. We can't continue. We can't continue to play and, be responsible for spreading this virus in any way. I would just hope that the Lakers themselves and the Clippers are the most responsible out of anybody in the league because of what is happening in, in their in their own cities.
1: I think all of that is, is fair. And I am not calling for the league to say right now that they should shut down because in a way it's sort of like I, I do get that there's a level that we're Everyone sort of knows what's going on at this point. It's not like we have cr- crazy crowds at these at these games. We're not having playing in front of packed arenas. Why do we have any? I, that part to me is stunning. I mean, how do you justify that? How do you justify Money, it? money. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like when I see
0: all these, when I see certain games being postponed, and then I see fans in certain arenas. Ugh.
1: It's tough, to, it's tough to watch. And, and again, we're, we always put this with the context and the backdrop of there's so many people impacted by this. And it's now reached the point, just like cancer, where if you haven't gotten it or someone in your immediate family hasn't been exposed to it, you know someone who has. Mm-hmm. You know someone who's been impacted. And that wasn't the case just a few months ago. It's exploded at this point. And I'm hopeful with uh, the vaccine as we all are, but man, no, I'll, I'll tell you, like it, it's such a weird place to, to watch these games. And um, it is, I guess a chance for us to at least feel some normalcy. So there's an argument to be made there where it's like, all right, at least we have basketball. At least we have that. It's
0: like, it's not even, it doesn't even feel like real basketball. I mean, it times when, I, when I times are look out there and, and I feel like I, I mean, I certainly know more than Barkley, but I feel like you know, I I know I know these rosters, and then they look out there, and I feel like I need the you know the old school program in front of me, like who who is that guy or or who is that guy or who is that guy? This season, we said that the the postseason last year needed italics. This whole season needs italics. I, I just don't know how we can look at or criticize the way a coach is handling something or players are handling something when, when really they are just trying to get through the game. That's it. Trying to get through the game without a postponement, move on to the next one without a postponement and get through 72 and get through to getting a vaccine.
1: No, all that's true. The one thing I would say, and I don't know if you can even hear me, apparently my daughter started to rave in, in the other room. So I don't know no, what's going hear. on here. I don't know how you don't, but um anyhow i I am curious as to your thoughts, what do you think are going to be some of, and we can close it on this what do you think are going to be some of the greatest impacts of the fact that this season has been so warped that teams are missing games that um you know that there may be some long term health impact effects what what do you think is going to you know just the way you evaluate players and and contracts all that what do you think is going to be some of the greatest impacts of what we're sort of seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think on the the guys that are getting all these opportunities now, some of these young some of these guys that may not have been getting the opportunities, it's their shot to earn a few bucks or to earn a permanent place in in the league for for a few years. I think it's going to impact salaries a bit given just the economics of the game and and I do think it's going to force the league to look at different streams of revenue in case something like this happens again. I think that will be the the different types of revenue streams. So it might not just be on the core thing, but I think it's going to be a revenue thing. All right, coming up, what we're most looking forward to this week, assuming a bunch of these games are going to be played. But first, our Kobe project. Details on that next. Got the NFL playoffs here, and there is only one place that has you covered – and one place that we trust to make those bets, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today, free account. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LockedOn. L O C K E D On. LockedOn. Fifty percent welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. I mean, the fact is, the Bills could be headed to the Super Bowl. Don't forget to use that promo code LockedOn to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. So you put in hundred, you end up getting fifty back. BetOnline, your online sportsbook. Experts locked on NBA Tuesdays means East meets West. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News, and the host of Locked On Warriors, and David Rammel, host of Locked On Heat. Those two tackled the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA, the Locked On NBA podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. They've always got the national stories covered there, and we're going to have the biggest off-court national story in the NBA this year, and that was Kobe Bryant's death. We'll have that covered next week as Adam's been putting together, going through all the episodes where we've had players, media, coaches, et cetera, speaking about Kobe on rejecting the screen. And to give you a little bit of a taste, here's Earl Watson telling the story of the time that Devin Booker finally got on the court with Kobe Bryant.
2: Um, a great Devin Booker story is like Kobe was not never playing like the first two or three games he didn't play, and so he it had came out that Kobe decided to play the last game versus West Coast teams at home at their home so he can play in every arena right,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so it's the night before the game and Devin Booker is texting me like at one in the morning he's like I can't sleep man I'm just so excited I'm so excited I'm like yo get some sleep man it's a big <laughs> game tomorrow. Uh, you know, I'm coaching Phoenix. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that far removed from reality. If I lose this game, I could get fired just for losing to the Lakers. That's how it works. In Phoenix. Get, a guy, get fired, right? <laughs> so, so, like, dude, get some sleep. I need you. It's like, I have you and, like, three G League players. We have to be where, where to be ready to go. So, he gets to sleep. He comes in to shoot around. Book is so excited. And he was like, you think he's playing? I was like, yeah, I think he's playing. He's like, man, I'm so excited, man. I remember he was just, like, a nervous excitement. And, um, it was, it was so funny in front of our bitch, Devin catches it in the mid post. Kobe's defending him and Devin try to hit him with his own move and Kobe blocked it. And it was like something like, you know, what the hell you think you are doing? That's my fucking move. <laughs> and he's like low key, he low key laughing, feeling disrespected at Devin. Just, his face turned red. And I think it was the greatest moment in Devin Booker's life. Like, even though he blocked it, you could just see it coming, like the rocker fadeaway move. And he was like, So after the game, I actually posted the video. Um has already always had this amazing mutual respect for each other. After the game when I hugged him and talked to him, it was like, you know, man, I love you like a big bro, you always been there and I I asked one favor. And he was like, What is that? I was like, Let me send Devin Booker down to the, to your locker room at the end of the game and get your number. So you, he needs you in his life to be successful. Like there's only so much I can give him. Right. But you can give him that, that, that next level mentality and it's coming for you is going to change his life. And I was like, yeah, sit him down. I was like, cool, man. I see you throughout the summer and off season. and like, you know, literally I send Devin down there and, um, a year to that date. Well, when he went down there, he signed Devin's shoes and it said, be legendary in a year to that date. It was literally the next day in Boston before the game. It was a day later, a year and a day later. I went to Dev before the game. I was like, be legendary. Cause what I knew was that he said, they've always celebrated that moment. And that's the same game. Devin has 70 in Boston.
1: Can't make Incredible. that stuff up. Incredible. No, you really can't make that stuff up. And it was, I think, picking that excerpt from the, well, Earl Watson podcast that we did, that was recorded actually just a few days after Kobe had had passed away. And I wanted to to play that one for people because it, it encapsulated, I think, really what we hit on, just how much Kobe meant to others. And in this case, it was Devin Booker and Earl Watson, who spent time with Kobe and Jim's in UCLA. He first met him on the UCLA campus. And there were so many people that we have on this on this podcast uh, that's a tribute to Kobe coming up next week. And that's why it's so important for people to subscribe. The interviewees, Noah, that talked about Kobe stories. Butch Beard, assistant with the Mavs, talks about the Mavs. Uh, he was trying to convince them to draft Kobe Bryant in, in, two, in uh, 1996. Howard Beck talks about covering them as a, as a writer. You've got Lindsey Hunter, his former teammate, talking about some workout stories. Dante Jones talks about the, the thing that they got into, the back and forth between mm-hmm. Kobe and Dante, their rivalry. Adam Morrison tells some remarkable stories. Jeff Perlman, who wrote the book 3 Ring Circus, about Kobe, Shaq, and Phil and, and their time together in that, that Lakers dynasty. So many guys talked about it, and even the early days. Guys like Alvin Williams... Uh, Mark Jackson, who played with them. Scooney Penn, playing AAU ball against Kobe and what he was like back in those days. So, overall, 16 different voices other than our own personal stories. It's going to be awesome to hear this podcast. I think it's so important that people listen to it uh, on the anniversary of Kobe's death, January 26th.
0: Yes, yeah, so we'll roll that out over a couple of days next week. So, we hope that you do subscribe and share with as many folks as you think would be interested, it would mean a lot to us, as it has meant a lot to us that these folks have opened up with stories about Kobe Bryant. Coming up next, what we're most looking forward to this week RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything you could possibly need, everything, and things that you never even thought you needed. And probably a lot of things that you won't ever need. But if you ever need something for your car or truck, rockauto.com is where you should be going. The catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You know how this works with the clicks. Just the, the filters. And then that's how you get the brands and the specifications. And then the prices you prefer. Yes, the prices you prefer. The prices are always reliably low and the same for the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers, and like us, they try-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Silly. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. It's important that you write locked on, two words, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, believe it or not, March Madness just a few months away. Oh, and it's gonna be madness. But the future of the NBA is on display right now in college hoops. And you can get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast. As the draft guru, Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out, and he's got profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and so many more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast wherever. You get your podcasts. So that leads us brilliantly into, since Adam is all over the college game and the NBA prospects playing in college, the prospect he's
1: most looking forward to seeing this week. It's a guy that people are talking a lot about, but they talk about him as a college player. Luca Garza. No, Luca Garza has gotten so much attention over the last two years as being the most dominant player in college basketball, and rightfully so. He's unbelievable. And names you just mentioned, Kate Cunningham of Oklahoma State, uh Jalen Suggs of Gonzaga, um, Evan Mobley of USC, those guys have been incredible at the college level, but they haven't even been close to as dominant as Luka Garza has been. So a question that I hear all the time, how come Luca Garza is Late second round in mock drafts, I'm looking at early second round, undrafted. Well, how is this guy not possibly a lottery pick? He's unbelievable. And there are answers to that question. And a lot have to do with today's NBA and how the NBA game works, as you know, and, and how we evaluate prospects based upon what we think the role will be at the next level. The hard part with Luka Garza is if this was 10, 15, 20 years ago, Luka Garza would be a top five pick for sure. You're talking about a guy, his size, skill, ability to score, his productivity at the college level is off the charts. So certainly with the way that post players are, him battling other centers that kind of look like him, but he's more skilled than them, he's got a home there. But that's not how the game is today with a lot of four out and then your post player being a shot blocker and a guy that can switch uh, on on pick and roll situations where teams just bait you into pick and rolls all day. All that kind of stuff, switching defenses and everything that the Warriors have sort of set into motion, like that makes him less valuable as a pro prospect. But one thing that pro teams do like is the fact that he can really shoot the three and his game has improved every year to this year. I mean, he's shooting the three at a ridiculous clip. He's shooting the three at, um, stand by Noah. Yeah, close to 50%. Close, yeah, 48% from the from three. So The fact that he's extended his range, he's improved his game. He's obviously a great rebounder. He also doesn't turn the ball over much at all. And so my big thing is whoever's guarding him in the NBA, for as much as Luka Garza may have some issues defensively, and of course that's what teams are going to look at, um, for whoever's guarding him, they're also going to have to deal with the fact that they're going to be scored upon a ton. He's going to be a really tough matchup for defenses too. So he's the kind of guy that's going to be a steal ultimately because he can find a home on a team and really be impactful, I think, at the next level. And a chance to showcase that will be this Thursday when he plays Indiana and takes on Trace Jackson Davis, who's talked about as another pro prospect. He's having a wonderful year for Indiana. Here's a guy averaging um, 20 points a game, nearly nine rebounds a game, shooting over 50% from the field himself. He's only 6'9". But seeing, again, Luka Garza against an athletic big who could score and is productive, they're going to team pro scouts are going to see how can this guy play against him, uh, especially Jackson Davis's quickness. I think that'll be interesting. And so that matchup is one that NBA scouts are keeping their eye on.
0: Who's the, the Luca Garza NBA comp is, is Vooch his upside is Vooch his ceiling. And can, like can Garza, he, he has to play the five, right? Like
1: Vooch plays the five. He absolutely has to play the five. Okay, And I think that's it. I think that's a great comp. I think he's a he's a great comp. And so And I know I just went I know I just went white and white.
0: I know, I know, and we've we've discussed that. But I think it's apt here, right?
1: It is apt. It's a it's a guy that's a really proficient scorer. And the thing is, for Garza to be successful at the next level, he's gonna have to prove that he can defend. And what that's gonna mean is the one thing we don't think you can improve upon, but you can, for anyone who's ever watched a YouTube workout video, he's gotta improve his athleticism. He's gotta improve his body and really get quicker. And you Mm -hmm. can do that. You can do that, going to the right trainer and all that. He doesn't need to spend time proving to anyone whether he could shoot the ball. He's already done that. So you know he can, in pick-and-pop situations, he can handle that. You know that he'll be able to have – he's going to be a matchup nightmare for other players in the post. And the fact that he doesn't turn it over. You love all of those things. So the next step in his game is can he get quicker and at least be an adequate defender because his size already is going to be a strength. He's at 6'11". That's going to be a strength for him. He's got to get just a little bit quicker and he's got to be able to run the floor really well at the next level.
0: All right. A few things I'm looking forward to this week. I want to see as we record this on Monday, the Raptors have won back-to-back games for the first time this season. And it was the start of a five game homestand. They beat the, they beat Charlotte in back-to-back games. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the Raptors end up by the end of the week. But in terms Mm -hmm. of individual matchups, the Pels are in Utah on Tuesday and Thursday, both nationally televised games. So, I just want to see Zion try to yam one on, on Rudy Gobert. That's it. Like as much yes. as we can't take the rest, of the you know the whole season seriously. I just want to see Zion try to throw one down on Rudy Gobert. There are a few others, but look, as we say, we're excited about these things. Who knows who's going to be playing and when? We got LeBron, Giannis, Lakers, Bucks on Thursday, and that's mm-hmm. the game that's on before the, the second game of the Pelis and the Jazz, and also Sixer Celtics on Wednesday in Philly. I don't know who's going to be playing, but I don't know—is this going to be a night that Tyrese Maxey has forty, or Ben Simmons <laughs> goes wild, or Joel and B plays? I I don't know, but we we don't know what the teams are going to look like in the playoffs. So why not just roll them out there now and see what happens? So that's what I'm looking forward to this week. A few things on the NBA schedule.
1: No, before I before we move on, I do have to ask you because there were reports this week about you mentioned the Sixers, and I am curious. The reports this week about. What the Sixers were potentially offering to get James Harden and all that. What do you think, as a guy who's followed the Sixers intimately for years, about what they should do with Ben Simmons, and if you think it was actually something they really wanted to do ultimately?
0: So I do think the front office wanted Harden. I don't think I think the upside for Doc is to keep Ben Simmons. So if Ben's if if Doc can win meaning get to the Eastern Conference Finals, put up a fight, or even get into the NBA Finals, If that's, that's a win. If Doc can do that with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, then he's the hero. Once you trade then for James Harden, then all the pressure is on Doc in order to, ma- in order to make mm-hmm. this work. Mm-hmm. So if you, if, you don't, if you have just Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, the majority of the folks don't think you can win with those two And so if you don't, then you can say, well, we gave it a shot. Brett Brett couldn't do it. All right. So now we can see what, you know, see if we can move on. So for a coach in his first year there, I don't I don't think that's the pressure that he wanted. But that's just from the outside looking in. I think that they set up this team for Ben, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, adding Seth Curry, adding Danny Green. They made all these offseason moves with that in mind, not the we're going to get James Harden also James Harden's personality. I don't want it around the Philadelphia 76ers, but, hey, but that's, that's just me. I don't want it. I do feel bad for Delilah's though. Would have been good business. <laughs> We're on Instagram at rejecting underscore the underscore screen Adams on Twitter at Naismith lives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Frank, I saw unable to join us today, but you can check out the other podcasts on the On podcast network. Locked on NBA five days a week, the national program, all the top stories from around the NBA every single day. Chad Ford's NBA big board, Hollinger and Duncan. Locked on fantasy basketball with Josh Lloyd. You've got to be subscribing there and getting Josh Lloyd's updates and following him, him on Twitter because it's impossible to fill out fantasy lineups. And your team every single day, all 30 teams every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Adam? Thanks, pal.
1: You are the best.